So tell us a little bit about your, your training. My training. Um, I graduated from dental school in 1984. Shortly after graduating, I was asked to become part of the Crown and Bridge faculty as a part-time instructor. I taught at the dental school for six years in the Crown and Bridge department. And during that time, I was able to further my education in full mouth reconstruction through the Crown and Bridge department and got sent to Case Western University in Ohio, where I took a two year long continuum on full mouth reconstruction. So when people come into you, you know, what age are people starting to consider doing full mouth reconstruction, cosmetic dentistry, and what leads them to that? Well, cosmetic dentistry is pretty much across the board. It doesn't have any age bracket. I have uh, young high school kids that are concerned about their smile. They want to make sure that they're presenting their best self, as well as patients ranging from, you know, 20 year olds to 70, 80 year olds. So a 20 year old, are they doing more bonding, more crowns, more veneers, or are they doing more whitening, Invisalign? We're doing a lot of whitening and Invisalign in that 20 to 30 to 40 year bracket. Most of those patients haven't had a lot of significant damage to their teeth. So most of their aesthetics is repositioning their teeth, whitening their teeth, making them look better with what they're given. So whitening, because it's such a hot thing and there's these whitening bars opening up all over the country. What kind of whitening are you having people do? Like, are they taking it home? Are they doing it in an office? You see so many different kinds of whitening, whitening toothpaste. It's such a hot topic. Well, what we found is that patients get the best bang for their buck by doing a take-home custom tray whitening system. It's reasonable. They get fantastic results. I think the results that they get is every bit as good as any in-office treatment. It just takes a little bit longer, but for the better cost, better, better price point, I think they're getting a, a much better deal. Do you see an uptick in whitening, like during whitening season? Um, Are there times of the year you're seeing more of it? You know, we do a lot at holiday times. I've never really noticed uh, a wedding season because people are getting married all year long. So we do get a lot of young brides and young grooms that come in and they want their teeth whiter. So you're also doing a lot of, I know, like Invisalign where you're straightening people's teeth. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Like what, what do people do? You know, what, what, why, you know, I know it's a great product, but what are people doing with? Well, one of the biggest things that we see is, is patients that aren't happy, aren't happy with the smile that they have. Sometimes it's a very simple fix. We can do Invisalign and, and reposition some of their teeth in order to give them the smile that they hoped that they would get or that possibly they had braces before 
and they've relapsed. So retreatment. So we're retreating patients. But a lot of times that doesn't take much longer than 10 to 20 weeks. So the time of treatment is so much faster than it has been in the past. Also, nobody knows what's really going on. Exactly. It's pretty, when people are coming in for other cosmetic treatments, um, crowns, full mouth reconstruction, dentures, that sort of stuff. When are they coming to you? And how are they coming to you? Do, do you ask them when they're, you know, in a hygiene chair? Are you, what is it about your smile that you don't like? Or how can I help you? Or how do they come to that? Because I feel like in dentistry, it's one of those things where it's, you know, people are a little bit afraid and they don't really know what's out there. So how are they coming to you? As well as the aesthetics that follow. So aesthetics that follow, what are you seeing the most of? What do you see people doing, changing, doing the most of? Well, we see a lot of patients that have had a lot of damage because of either grinding their teeth, clenching their teeth, acid reflux damage. So we see patients that have those issues and sometimes it's a big learning experience for them that we can actually do something to change what's going on in their mouth. But we always look at the origin of what the you know, what's causing all of the problems in their mouth. And we address those first. And then there's a systematic approach that we will produce the smile, not only that they're looking for from an aesthetic standpoint, but also from a functional standpoint. So when you hear about these companies like Smile Direct, what do you think? I feel like people go there thinking they're going to get straight teeth, but they're missing the whole oral health and the impact of what that can be. Well, I don't think dentistry is meant to be a DIY project. You know, Menards and Home Depot hasn't sold any of those yet. But, you know, we've we've done a lot of retreatment of patients that have gone through Smile Direct Club and have had less than stellar results. Are they also having any oral health issues too when they're doing any of this or is it pretty? Well, what we've seen is the patients that have come into our office that have tried these do-it-yourself dental projects, they are traditionally, they've been long-term patients of ours that thought they could get by doing something cheap and getting some good results. And unfortunately, they've been very disappointed. So what would your plan be for someone if they, you know, first come in, get your teeth, have a hygiene appointment? You know, someone hasn't been to the dentist in a while. So in our office, our patients first see me before they see any hygienist, before they get their teeth cleaned. They spend about an hour with myself and my assistant getting records taken, x-rays. We do a comprehensive periodontal examination, oral cancer screening. We check their bite. We check for any cavities as, as well as any other damage to their teeth. So they spend an hour with me before they get to see the hygienist. And once we've diagnosed what's going on in their mouth, then we custom tailor their first appointment with our hygienist, depending on their needs. So I know I've gone to your office and I've had the laser, which I think is so cool because my gums get a little bleedy. Tell me about 
that? Well, we're using the laser for a number of different applications, but from a cleaning standpoint, we use the laser in a bacterial disinfection system. So we go in after a patient's cleaning, and if their gums are bleeding significantly, we can help alleviate that bleeding by disinfecting those deeper pockets that they might have by using a laser to kill the bacteria that are down at the base of those pockets. What else are you seeing with people in terms of like, do you see oral cancer? Are you seeing people who have perio disease? What are you seeing like more of now? Like what's more in the world of dentistry besides reconstruction and cosmetic dentistry? Like what health issues are you seeing? Well, periodontal disease has always been one of the big topics that we have to deal with in, in our practice. Uh, there's a large number of patients that have, you know, anywhere from minor localized gum infections to um, full mouth full mouth periodontal disease that we need to address on a, on a regular basis. What do you do for people who have full mouth periodontal disease? Well, they go through a, a full workup in our office. We do everything that we can to non-surgically control the problem that they, the problems that they have. But there comes a point when we don't get resolution of some of the disease process that it's going on in their mouths. And then we do refer our patients to a periodontist for additional treatment. Is it changed in the last 20, 30 years? Are you able to do more for people with periodontal disease now than you were 20 years ago where you'd kind of just say, this is, this is not good. You're going to need to go see a periodontist. Well, I don't think it's changed that significantly. Uh, the periodontal treatments through our periodontists have been, I think, improving over the years that the surgical techniques are much more conservative and patients get very good results. Oral cancer. You hear an awful lot about it. Oral cancer, uh, it's, it's, a, it's something that we take very seriously. We want to make sure that we check patients on a regular basis for any signs of tissue changes that might lead to some type of an oral cancer. We do a, a thorough visual examination, palpation examination, as well as an examination using a product called an oral ID, which uses a um, fluorescing light that we wear some special glasses so that we can identify tissue inflammation that's going on and possibly stopping or referring a patient who may have a more serious condition. What other things are people doing differently? Electric toothbrushes versus non-electric toothbrushes, people using rinse, that type of stuff. Does it, does it work? Is it helpful? There are a lot of dental products on the market and the dental product business is a multi-billion dollar conglomerate. So it's there's like a cosmetics. There there are a lot of products out there that may not do everything that people are hoping to do. Right. But one of the few things that I've noticed is the electric toothbrushes that are on the market have improved so dramatically from what I remember as a as a kid using an electric toothbrush. And for years and years, I dug my heels in the ground and I 
thought, I'm a dentist. I can use a manual toothbrushes as well or better than anyone else can. And once I started using one of the electric toothbrushes that are on the market, I have two of them on my bathroom counter. I have a Sonicare and I have an Oral-B and I love them so much. I've never been able to clean my teeth as well since I've used one of these brushes. It's very interesting because there are like all these companies now that make, it's not just Sonicare and Oral-B, there's five other companies that have come on the market that now make toothbrushes. And the cool thing is, is they're sending you replacement heads so that your head is always clean. How often should someone change a toothbrush? A manual toothbrush, typically, if you're using it correctly, about three to four weeks is about all that you can hope to get out of a, a manual toothbrush. The electric toothbrush bristles last a little longer, but I like to tell patients that if you've been sick, change your toothbrush head. Oral mouth rinse. Most of those are cosmetic. They don't really get to where they need to go in order to be therapeutic. So most of the oral mouth rinses are just topical, topical kids treatments. With, kids with braces. Kids with braces. Typically they have they have more of a, a, a superficial inflammation, you know, water picks, oral mouth rinses. We, we, we have patients that use the water picks with some of the oral mouth rinses that make them a little more therapeutic because they do penetrate underneath the tissue a little bit better. Toothpicks. Toothpicks. Never was a big believer in toothpicks. Floss. Flosses is the quintessential dental tool. I, I, I don't, I have not found a better alternative to floss. There are other alternatives if you can't or don't want to floss, but I still think floss is one of the best things that's on the market. The Ceric machine. The Ceric machine. Um, we've used the Ceric machine now for about eight years. And it's been just wonderful. Patients love the fact that they can come in in one day, have a crown prepared, and they walk out with their crown. They don't have to have impressions taken. They don't have to wear a temporary crown for two weeks that falls off three days into their post-operative treatment. CBCT scanner. That's allowed us to see a lot more than we've ever been able to see before. I'm able to look at patients from the bottom of their eyes to the, to the bottom of their chin, from the front of their face to the front part of their spine. I'm able to see through their sinuses, look at their airway, look at all of their bony structures. So that is also enabled us to do a more thorough oral cancer screening, as well as identifying issues that we've not been able to see with traditional dental x-rays. Better, it's better for pathology to oh, see what's going on. absolutely. Anything else you wanna tell us about what you do and how you do it? Because it's so interesting. One of the things that I love most is that I get to see patients from such a wide age range. I see young children uh, to older adults that 
have the same, that everyone has some of the same problems. We just finished a full mouth reconstruction on a gentleman who turned 70 on the day that we prepared his teeth. And his first thing that came out of his mouth after we finished his treatment, why didn't I do this sooner? What What is it about people? Why don't they do dental treatment sooner? Is it fear? Is it I think people are hesitant. I think it's a combination of all of the above. You know, the fear of the unknown, there's the, the cost factor that, that's involved. So. But there's really not that much to be afraid of. No. When you go it, to the dentist, the dentist wants to help you. Yeah. It's his job. And, and for me, it's, it's so rewarding to see the, the look on someone's face that they have this new smile that they've only dreamed of or they had when they were 18 years old and their confidence and, and their youthful feeling comes back to them. What is your longest patient that you've had in your practice? I have patients that have been in my practice since before I graduated from dental school. So I have patients in my practice that have been there for 38 years. So there's an interesting thing with a dentist and a patient because it's a different kind of relationship than it is maybe with a regular doctor. You see them twice a year, maybe more. You're around them. It's There's a more friendly relationship. Tell me about that a little bit because I always find it the most fascinating thing is how Patients and dentists relate so well. Well, in my office, I treat everyone in my in my office as family. They, their trips, their families, their kids. I want to know about them. I I enjoy talking to patients, getting to know them. My staff wonders how I remember certain things that. You know, someone went on vacation six months ago and I asked them, you know, how was your trip to Florida? And and they're like, how did you remember? And that's just part of what makes my job so much more fun and so much more rewarding because I get to I get to connect with people on a very personal level. Plus, while you're invading a space that to a lot of people, they want to protect. So you've got to kind of get them to be comfortable. That's part of the fear factor, I think. Yeah, I, I don't see a lot of patients that, that are fearful in my office. No. And they, they don't because they feel very comfortable coming into our office. I have to say, I have my own issues with the dentist, but it is my favorite place to go sometimes. it's I now find it relaxing. That's very nice to know. So I think if you are afraid of the dentist, there are dentists out there that want to make you feel good. Dr. Ron is one. They're, he's an awesome dentist. He is an artist as well as a dentist. I've seen some of his before and after work and it's somebody you should look into. But if you haven't been going to the dentist, health-wise, it's important. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's so many things that are affected by dental disease, uh, in particular heart problems that having regular dental care can really help keep you healthier. Thank you for sharing all of your dental insights with us. This is Sari. Have a great day.